0: This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling with Lindsay Hines. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thanks for being here today. Today, my guest is Dr. Erin Leba. She is an integrative counselor in Boulder, Colorado. She specializes in working with new moms who are adjusting to significant life changes, experiencing grief or loss, caring for a child with special needs, and or feeling anxious. She has a book called Joy Fixes for Weary Parents. 101 Quick Research-Based Ideas for Overcoming Stress and Building a Life You Love. I hope that this episode will encourage some joyful parenting in your own life. And as those words spill out of my mouth, I think, wow, you just can't be joyful all the time, okay? Let's just get that straight. Um, But Erin gives us ideas to help us enjoy time with our kids even when it doesn't look perfect. Uh, all right, friends, this episode of the podcast and all the podcasts in the Sandy Boy Productions Network right now is supported by 2B4. And if you are looking for a little energy for your workouts, you want to increase your endurance, support your immunity, promote adaptation so that your body can manage the stress and restore balance, also manage inflammation, you got to check out 2 Before. I've been taking this before. All my longer runs or workouts or hard lifting workouts, 2 uh, Before is created with black currant berries, and that helps bring oxygenated blood to your muscles. I feel strong and ready to go in my workouts, and I think you should try it. Try it out. 30% off. Go to 2 b Use the code Lindsay, and that will give you 30% off 20 packs. That's the number two, 2b4.com. Use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, to save 30% off your order. Check it out. Let me know what you think. All right, friends, if you enjoy the podcast, leave us a quick rating and review on iTunes or wherever you're listening so new listeners can find us. That is one of the most helpful ways new listeners can find the show. Thank you, Deb Jordan. I love this podcast. By far, my favorite parenting podcast. It is fun and not too preachy, just good, actionable advice for parents without judgment. That makes me so happy. Thank you, Deb, so much for that review. All right, friends, enjoy my conversation with Dr. Aaron Laba. All right, friends, today on the podcast, we have Dr. Aaron Laba on the show. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk with you. And listen, you're going to help us be joyful parents today, aren't you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm so curious how did you get started in the line of work you're in? uh, and also like joyful parenting. I know it sounds so like we all want that, but then the everyday life stressors get in, you know, get rolling and it's like, oh yeah, must be nice. So how did that become a passion project for you?
1: Yeah, I think, um, I've been, I've been a counselor for over 25 years. So I've worked with a lot of families and, um, then when I had my own kids, I have four kids. They, uh, I just found that there was a lot of pressure on parents. There's a lot of pressure for like school achievement, start learning letters and numbers and reading books and sports achievement and which, you know, little wee league are they going to be in and then club this or that and, you know, all kinds of things. Um, pressure to he- keep the house clean pressure to keep a job going or a career while you're managing the household and little kids and often a lot of challenges like health challenges or family you know challenges Um, or just life that comes up. And I just found as a parent that it was really taking a lot of strong intention for me to just keep the focus on joy, Mm -hmm. that joy was like the whole point of having a family that was supposed to be fun and lighthearted and full of deep connection and not necessarily happy all the time, like that toxic positivity, but just kind of that depth of connection and sweetness that I was really wanting and craving for my own family.
0: So how old were your kids when you started like being like, I want to research this more. I want to be more intentional about it myself.
1: I mean, they were young. So I had three kids in about three years. (laughs) So I remember writing the book and actually doing tons of research when they were just babies. And I would do it like you know, while I was pumping or while I was, you know, they were napping for 20 minutes or I would just sneak little bits. And it really became a passion for me because it really enriched my own life. It reminded me like to focus on gratitude that day or focus on those little moments of presence with my babies or, you know, my preschooler and and really like trying to be laser focused on the joy and the connection, the sweetness, even though, you know, like dishes are piling up around me or, you know, just all kinds of challenges are bubbling up around me. It's just trying to have that focus.
0: Joy fixes for weary parents. 101 quick research-based ideas for overcoming stress and building a life you love. That's a lot of fixes. 101? How'd you come up with all those? (laughs) That's a great question. I need every single one of them.
1: (laughs) A lot a lot of them I found are really about the depth of relationships. So how do you kind of create these sweet micro connections, whether it's with your kids, your partner, family members, friends? Um, I think friendships change so much after you have kids. And just kind of really focusing on what you want things to look like with those relationships, whether it's a moment of presence with your child when they're like, you know, eating their first Cheerios or they're having a bath or you're, you know, playing a fun song at bedtime and you're dancing around the room. Um, but also with friendships, like I'm trying to get, you know, brunch with my friend every, every other Sunday just to keep that connection going instead of just letting it go by the wayside. Um, or even with a partner, like how do you greet somebody when they walk in mm. after a long day? Just um that kind of, intention bringing it to relationships can actually create way more joy yourself like for you for you
0: yeah and you know what I think about when you say all those things is like if if we are super intentional about those things like I think about that with friendship a lot I try to be really intentional I drop the ball I am not the perfect friend but I do try to and like especially moving far away like you said you recently ish moved to Boulder I recently ish moved to Raleigh like Keeping those friendships that are long distance, like making sure you're reaching out. Anytime I start feeling guilty or like, or anytime I start feeling not guilty, sorry for myself or whatever. I'm like, have you reached out? Have you been the person to reach out yet? Because maybe that person is feeling the same way. And at the same time, it's hard to be like, why, like why am I always the one that has to reach out? Or like when you mentioned like how you greet your partner when they walk in the door, like why am I always the one that has to be intentional about that? Can they be intentional? You know, and then if things aren't going really well, you're like, I've been trying so hard. So how do you like find peace with that?
1: I think it's like that that kind of joy that comes from like, I don't know, loving someone and just not expecting it in return. Just being clear, like, yeah. that's the person you want to be, whether it's, you know, volunteering for something or sending somebody a card when they're sick or, mm-hmm. you know, just giving someone a hug, even though they're in a bad place and they can't really reciprocate in that moment or something.
0: Yeah, I love that. Like, that's who you want to be, regardless of who anybody else is. Mm hmm.
1: And that's a hard place to get sometimes. I think what you're saying is really real because as a mom, especially you can feel like your cup's really empty and you're just wanting to fill it and you're wanting sometimes other people to fill it. So the idea to do that kind of stuff when you're not really getting things in return is, can be hard sometimes. But I also found that, that those ideas really kept me going when my cup wasn't as full, it kind of gave me a way to fill my own cup. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. It's like as a parent it, that if, you know, if that's your main job, you might have another job or you might work part time or that you might be a full time stay home mom, whatever it is, full time stay home dad. Um, It's like you don't get that recognition or that pat on the back that your partner might get at work. That's something I struggled with a really long time. And as someone who works for myself by myself, like you feel like you're like, wait, where's my team high five? Where's my like, thank you. This peanut butter sandwich was really delicious. Um, so you have to sort of like, it's almost just like you have to accept, like they might not realize they appreciate it now, but in 20 years, hopefully they'll look back and realize those things. Yeah,
1: definitely. And I think, I mean, that's another part of those 101, you know, fixes or, you know, ideas to really build joy is really giving yourself a ton of self-care. Just being really self-compassionate, but also, I mean, I remember one thing I did when my kid would, would skip their nap. Um, you know it's so hard when you're expecting a nap, and then there's certain days where they just will not fall asleep. For it's the worst. And I I used to like w- say to myself if they skip their nap and I've really given it like an hour, I'm we're gonna walk down to the coffee shop and I'm getting a latte. Yes. <laughs> and, like like little, I mean it's like those little things where you know maybe you give yourself a night off or you give yourself you know your a walk in the morning or a run in the morning where you're just, you know, really being careful not to spread yourself so thin that you're just exhausted on the floor. You know,
0: I like how you word this micro connections because it feels like oftentimes we think it has to be this like big thing, you know, like these connections or these things that we celebrate have to be these like big moments and the little things add up and they matter. And I just, I bought these like little cards at this cute little store that I'm obsessed with going to. Um, if you live in Raleigh, it's called NoFo. And, um, they're just like these little encouragement cards. And I bought four of them with the intention of like sending my kids off with them somewhere. And I still have them sitting in my side table and I haven't done it yet. And I'm like, well, what if they've already seen them in the drawer? Then it's not exciting. Then it's not a surprise. They're like, oh, those are those old cards sitting in mom's drawer. Um, And then I see like moms who send like special notes with their kids and their lunches every day. And I'm just like patting myself on the back for getting the lunches done. Right. You know, (laughs) how do we how do we become someone that um, (laughs) starts doing these micro connections intentionally if it's not our nature? Right. No. And I think like,
1: it's just that idea that you kind of don't have to totally go out of your way. You don't have to take someone to the county fair or Disney World or, you know, even really do the notes, just like those little things of... um You know, like I like to think about the bedtime routine and now I have Mm. middle schoolers and a kindergartner and like all different ages. But I kind of think about what's that one positive thing I can say to each kid at the end of the night, like a compliment or a thank you or like I'm so proud of you or just like something little where it's just like a little touch of positive as they go to sleep. Um, you know, and sometimes it's a hu- like a hug or a pat on the back or a snuggle or, you know, depending on whatever age they are and where they're at with things, but just kind of like leaving that the night like that, or like the car rides, just making sure like when I pick my kids up from school, it's just kind of like, you know, making sure that I ask questions, even though sometimes I don't get a lot back Oh, <laughs> I in the middle schoolers, but, um, Shoulder but the, the efforts there. And I might just say like, you know. I'd love to hear about your day. If there's anything, anything you want to share, like maybe ask them something specific. Like, how's that friend doing? You said X, Y, Z about them just to kind of keep that connection going Um, with my five year old. Like we love dancing like at her bedtime. We like play this Mm. song, Catch a Falling Star and just, you know, dance and sing. And it's just like that moment of sweetness. So the other moments, you know, where there are challenges don't take over.
0: I just wrote that song down. I don't think I know it, and so yeah, now it makes I'm going maybe... it. it does. Yeah, is it so... like a lullaby or is it like a?
1: It's kind of like an oldies song. I, I don't know. Okay. Oh. Uh, yeah.
0: All right, friends, I want to let you know if you are training for a half marathon or a marathon, I have training plans on my website at lindseyhine.com. The half marathon plans are 14 weeks. There's a beginner beginner. so says a beginner as you can get. There's a beginner intermediate there's an intermediate and there's advanced. So there's four options. And then we have marathon training plans that are 18 weeks that give you a nice base build. And I have three options there, a beginner, intermediate, and advanced. When you go to the website and click on each training plan, it'll tell you what the mileage starts at, what the long run starts starts at, what the entirety of the week total mileage is at and how it builds you. I'm super conservative with how I build miles and I've had a lot of people who have had tons of success with this plan. Actually my friend Bridget here on Instagram just messaged me yesterday and says, Oh my gosh, I purchased the half marathon advanced training plan for my June half marathon, but ran another one yesterday and snagged a massive PR. I'm a big believer. Down from 146 to 139 mar- half marathon. All right. You heard it from Bridget. Go to lindseyhine.com to learn more and grab yourself an awesome training plan. All right. Back to the show. Somebody asked me the other day when I, I like go meet these women and go play pickleball on Wednesday nights at 730. It's like awesome. after dinner thing. I love it so much. And um, most of them have two kids. And do you find find this when you have four kids? People are always like, whoa. And I don't even think it's that crazy. Like, I, I think once you get to, like, five or six. But, like, people are always like, oh, my gosh, you have four? You have four boys? And um, one of them was like, what's it like having an 11-year-old and a 5-year-old? And I'm like, oh. Well, I mean, my oldest was still only six when my youngest was born. So everybody's kind of meshed all together. But... Now I am noticing, wow, there's a lot more separation than there needed to be even like three years ago, uh, because he's entering like this, like preteen stage and he just needs more space. How do you handle that with your kids, your oldest being 13 and your youngest being five? You mean with, with
1: the different things they are interested in and
0: yeah. And just like, I'm just noticing like just needing more space and separation and, um, like it's very chaotic with the younger ones and like he doesn't necessarily need to be a part of that anymore it's not good for him it's not good for you know the rest of us either so it's like this like balance of like okay we're all one family we all live together in this house it's not that big really um but you also do need your space and I want to respect that
1: yeah I think um that's interesting because for someone who is I'm like always about connecting and my, and now my kids are reaching this developmental age where they really are more independent. They need more space. They need privacy. They need more time with their friends and time to go out in the neighborhood and scooter and skateboard. And, you know, so it's like, it's an adjustment for me. And I think it's really like partly me acknowledging my Mm. own feelings about it. Like that brings up some grief. It's just kind of like when your kid goes off to job or off to college. That brings up grief, even though it's totally normal, developmental and awesome, (laughs) it still feels like really hard. And I think I think it's kind of creating some space. And this is in my book, too, of like feeling your feelings about it, like feeling feeling like just giving some time to feel sad and like if you're really an involved parent, you're going to feel like these really strong emotions at times like anger, sadness, you know, just um, guilt, jealousy, like all, all the things that's going to be really normal because you are so connected. So um, I, I don't know that, I mean, I'm trying to create those opportunities for my kids to really thrive at their developmental ages but then also create those family times like for us it's like trips or vacations sometimes it's just going out to dinner together or once in a while or having a Sunday dinner when everybody's home so we still do get that full group bonding but they get their time too.
0: So we mentioned that you recently ish moved to boulder and i would love for you to tell us about the experience that you walked through when you moved to boulder and what forced you to live in a hotel room with your three with your four kids for three months
1: oh yeah so after we, we had always wanted to live in the mountains and we, we kind of made it happen because we were both working remotely and we moved out to colorado which had been our dream for a while um and a couple of months after we moved in, we got all our furniture, got all set up, and the Marshall Fire hit. So it was a huge wildfire that came through Boulder and Louisville, where, where I live. Um, it came up to around, it burned on three sides of our house and actually burned up to our property line. So um, I was going to pick my kid up from soccer in Boulder, and um, all of a sudden, I got waves of heat and ash in the car, and it looked like a sandstorm was happening, and then I just... Mm. Opened the window and it just smelled like smoke so bad. So I, I went home and I got my husband and my other kids and got them in the car without even shoes or <laughs> jackets. It was the middle of winter. Um, and I was like, we got to go. We got to go now. And by the time we started driving, we were driving through. It was smoke so thick. You couldn't even see the car in front of you. Like you couldn't see five feet. And the whole way to Boulder, there were flames on both sides of the car. Wow. And then semi-trucks tipped over and smoke everywhere. And it was just pretty crazy. So, um, yeah, we ended up, like, throwing away everything in our house because of such bad soot and ash that we got in our house um, from the 100-mile winds that day. Um, But, yeah, it was pretty challenging because my kids had just started making friends and just getting settled. So um, even though we didn't lose our house living in – We had actually three hotel rooms for the six of us Um, and just kind of managing that, buying them clothes and, but, you know, school supplies all over again, like book bags and all that kind of stuff. Um, But the hardest part was they were just so out of sorts. They were just like, we had just gotten this new home and new friends and now we're like stuck in this hotel room. I, you know, it was just a really hard
0: time. What was the impetus? Like you, you moved, to you moved there because you said you wanted to move, live in the mountains. But did you know anybody there? And I mean, it kind of sounds similar to like when we moved to Raleigh. People are like, what? You left your family? Like you moved away? Like how did you make that decision?
1: Um, we had always just wanted kind of a more active outdoorsy lifestyle of skiing and hiking and biking. And just um a little bit more casual, like less pressure, just more like involved with people you know go camping on the weekends and just chill Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just a lot more like relaxed in certain ways so I think we had just always thought we'd retire out here and then we decided to go for it before we you know got too old to enjoy it or something
0: oh right I know I feel like people are like oh I'm gonna do it when my kids graduate high school or when this or that and I'm like No, like uh, this is, I feel better than I'm ever going to feel probably in my entire life. I want to do it now.
1: Yeah. What brought you to Raleigh?
0: Kind of the same. I mean, it was my husband's job in a way like he's based out of here, but he really works from home most of the time. So he could have just traveled um, to Raleigh once a month or something. But when um, he said it was North Carolina, I was like, oh, yeah, and we were in Indiana, and I love Indiana. No shade to Indiana, but, like, same. We just wanted not-so-cold winters, and we wanted to be outside more, and, like, not—we were outside a lot in Indy, but, like, we wanted to be closer to the beach and the mountains, and I was just like, I don't know, this feels right, and we knew nobody here. Mm-hmm. Um, but the transitions are hard. Ha- talk about transitioning there with your kids, and then also, just as you are transitioning— then you had to transition again to be in this hotel. Did you move back into your house?
1: Yeah, then we moved back in 3 months later and kind of yeah, like I said we got rid of all our furniture that we had bought and kind of replaced everything. Um but I think the the thing that came up for me, you know, being after writing this book on like connections with kids and stuff like that, that I realized just my kids were struggling, like how Mm. much connection they needed from me at that time. And that was not always easy to give because I was struggling. I was like working two jobs and, you know, trying to figure out the pickups and drop-offs from their soccer and stuff like that. And then living in this hotel room and like dealing with insurance, it was just a lot. And then, so I think it's, it just made me think about like, my kids just needed you know, so much hugs, and they needed like a Pictionary night, and they needed mm-hmm. us to take them the hotel pool and like have some fun or, you know, create those kind of little rituals. Um, so, our rituals became, you know, walking down the street to a park, and they became like going skiing on Saturdays. <laughs> we had all the skis in our hotel room classic. <laughs> For for like, you know, a bunch of us, and we'd have these hefty bags full of their ski helmets and stuff. But just but then it was like little things, like oh, I got you some strawberries from the free buffet or whatever. We would go and have hot chocolate together after school down in the lobby. Uh, The
0: lobby. It was just
1: like kind of recreating those rituals and realizing that that's like a grounding force through a crisis that. Those kind of little connections like whether it's hugs or little conversations or little fun moments um, getting hot chocolate that that could actually be a way to help kids through a crisis and actually help myself too that being able to do that with my kids became supportive to me too in the same way we were talking Mm. about before
0: I bet they miss those hot chocolate days yeah they probably don't miss the hotel so much but like those special hot chocolate moments, I bet they, they miss going down to the lobby and getting
1: that. Yeah. Like, I remember one day, my my older daughter made a huge fort out of blankets for my younger daughter. Our, our whole hotel room was just one big castle, like, created from blankets. And, you know, my five-year-old was, like, loving it. She just thought it was the coolest thing ever. And it just made me realize that those are the things that get you through the hard stuff.
0: You know, what I'm struggling with is like, you know, we we talked about those micro connections. So that makes it seem really simple. But it's like with four kids, I that one on one time we're trying even harder now than we did when they were younger to get that one on one because it feels so important. Um, but man, it is hard. I feel like I'll be like killing it with one of them and then i'm like oh gosh what about this one like uh, i haven't i haven't gone all in with him in a while and it's like it's so hard and i'm like what do i what do i make a calendar for it i don't maybe
1: yeah, no, I'm with you. It's it's really hard to fit fit it all in, and I mean, what one of my things that comes out, I think like it could be five seconds, it could be like a yeah. joke or a, laugh or a smile. It doesn't have to be like a whole afternoon. Or I mean, it's awesome when you can do a whole afternoon, you know, like a mini golf or get your nails done or whatever it is. But sometimes you just like you said, life happens. It's it's like it could be. A question, a comment, a mm-hmm. laugh—you know. Mm-hmm.
0: One of my issues, and this is total like first-world problems, and also just like irritating to me, is I feel like my kids think, oh, when it's one-on-one time, that means I'm gonna get something. Right. That means mom's gonna buy me something, or you know what I mean. And I'm just like. Ugh guys, it doesn't have to mean that like, you're going to get something. It can just be like us doing something together, but that it always goes back to that. And I'm like, what have I done? Like what, what have I created here that they think that one-on-one time means they're going to, I'm going to buy them something. And then I'm also like, is that so wrong? I don't know. (laughs) Right? Do you feel, do you get that too?
1: Yeah, I get, I definitely get what you're saying. Like, it's just like when you want to make something special it's like what's that black box to make it special sometimes yeah. you know it, it it's like something fun that they don't usually get or like but but it's kind of like what how how else do you make it special it's a hard question
0: yeah um so to circle back to what we were talking about earlier when we were I was saying like you know motherhood can be such a thankless job and like we miss out on those accolades that our people might get from work or being on a board or whatever it is. How do we not fall into that like victimhood mentality? Like, oh, I do all these things and nobody like appreciates it.
1: (laughs) That is a great question. I think (laughs) think that's a hard one. It's, um, I mean, it can be isolating. It can be very thankless. And it's like sometimes feeling like digging deep to really create that peace within mm-hmm. yourself when you don't get that external validation. Um, I've, I've struggled with that too.
0: Yeah. It's like, I want to pat myself on the back, you know, <laughs> like give myself that high five.
1: One of the things, like, I, I did when my kids were young, especially like we created sort of a joy book where like it was a moment of joy from each day or sometimes three, sometimes, you know, whatever we could do and just jot down something really great. And it could be something you did as a a mom or something your kids did that was sweet or a moment of connection or fun or, you know, um, even like something you moved beyond. Like I, I remember, like my daughter had a pretty, really significant speech delay and I think it was like this moment when her speech teacher was like, we, we could take a little break. And I was like, oh my gosh, we've been, you know, it was like after three years, twice a week. Um, so sometimes it's a moment of accomplishment or, you know, that you made it through something hard together and now you're coming out the other end. Um, But I I love that idea because even though it's not an external person thanking you, it kind of gave more power to those little moments and made you be able to look back as, you know, a mom and be like, we had all these awesome moments. And that's because... I'm involved, you know, and maybe you know my career is not where it, I wanted it to be, or maybe my health or exercise routines are not exactly perfect, or you know, other things are you know falling by the wayside as they kind of have to when you're a mom. But we created this joy together.
0: So I'm really bad about like, okay, I love the idea of the joy book, but I need a manual. And so that's why I'm the perfect candidate for, like, if someone were to, like, create something like that, I'd be like, yes, I'll buy it. Let me just, you know. Um, But can you give me some instructions on this? Like, I mean, are we talking about a notebook or what?
1: Yeah, we just had, like, one of those spiral notebooks and just jot things down. But, I mean, I think... It's awesome. Like, I, I think it's similar to like a gratitude journal or, yeah. or something like that, that, you know, might have prompts or something. But I mean, I, I think some of the prompts might be like, what's something I did well today as a mom? Or like, what was oh. my happiest moment today as a mom? Or when did my kids seem to really, you know, a moment I sort of want to remember when when we were reading a book and there was like a funny part or My daughter like ran to the front window and was so excited to see her sibling get off the bus from school or, you know, it just could be like really anything that kind of helps you remember the
0: joy in the day. I like the idea of the prompts too. I keep, I love writing and I don't write enough and I'm like, I need to do prompts. That's what everybody says, like you need a prompt so you have a topic to like riff on and just like go off on and I don't know why I never – do that but I like the idea of prompts for the books too because you can just like look those up online and you don't have to be the creator and then your kids can run with it what about resistant kids though because I can guarantee that at least half of my kids would be like I'm not doing that
1: oh I just do it like (laughs) I don't have really done do I I just kind of reflect on the day and do it
0: (laughs) you do it do you show it to them do you do you, you don't do it with them
1: I don't do it with them I will I started when they were li- really little so it could just be something silly they said like, I remember, like my daughter you know would say something like let's go to the pool I want to wear my zucchini and it, she really meant my me. zucchini <laughs> so it's like it's like little you know fun moments from family life the stuff you just forget you know But if you kind of remember, you can remember that what you're doing is important, even though no one, you're not getting a raise. You're not, you know, (laughs) getting Mm -hmm. whatever.
0: Hey friends, did you know that Prevenex is where I get all of my multivitamins and supplements? They have a great joint supplement and they also have amazing kids' vitamins, children's chewable multivitamins without all that extra crap in them. PrevineX formulated... Supervites to deliver the right forms and optimal amounts of key ingredients and nutrients to support your growing kids. It helps support eye health, bone health, immune health, increases energy and focus, and they donate a bottle for every bottle you purchase to malnourished children around the world. They have donated over 950,000 vitamin bottles already, so you're literally giving health to your child and a child in need when you purchase Supervites. Low in sugar from natural sources, no preservatives or artificial sweeteners, and this is an organic blend of fruits and vegetables. They're delicious too. My kids actually really like them. They ask for them. So go to Prevanex.com, get yourself on a subscription for your own multivitamins, and you can do that for your kids as well. Previnex.com use the code Lindsay, lindsey 15 for 15% off your order. All right, friends, back to the show. So let's talk about staying grounded in the face of stress because that is hard to do. There are some mornings once I get all my kids out of the house where I'm like, (laughs) like, how do I now, like, this is great. I have some hours to myself now, but like, I feel so like de-energized and like exhausted from all that just went down. And not every morning is that bad, but like some mornings you're just like, I don't have the energy to think about anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have tips for staying grounded in those moments? I'm
1: I'm still working on it. My son just got his tonsils out. So we've been having like, you know, he's been in a lot of pain and I kind of keep thinking about this question because mm. when he's in pain, he kind of, you know, he's really upset and yeah. and I'm really upset. So one of the things I think about is sort of like, when my kids are feeling like these really big feelings, whether it's pain or they're feeling sad about something at school or there's, you know, friends are not working out the way they want or whatever it is to just not, I, I feel like sometimes it's like my kids pass on their feelings to me like a baton. Like if you're talking about relay race, like here's my sadness, here's my, you know pain and I'm feeling it like I'm really into it so I I feel it so strongly so I think one of the things I've been working on is to try to kind of let their feelings be you know Janet Lansbury has that line like let feelings be like if they're having a meltdown or they're having you know they're crying or they're angry or whatever it is to just separate myself from them Mm -hmm. and realize they're going through something like this morning my son was he felt pain like when he was swallowing and he was really grumpy because of it. And it's probably, I think we're going on day, He needed two surgeries. So it's, it's like day 20, you know, and he's sick of feeling like that and it's yeah. just realizing that's from something he's going through. And I just can like, I, I picture it like my feet are going into the ground. Like I'm staying grounded and I'm just giving him a hug instead of reacting to him or something like that.
0: Wow. I love that. I love picturing myself doing that. I also, like you mentioned, like sometimes as the parent, we feel like we're this like extension of our kids. Yeah. And I mean, especially, you know, that picture you painted, I feel that, but I'm thinking like when our kids are sad about something, like, man, I don't know if I can not be sad, you know, not, not be sad with them.
1: Yeah. Like, Yesterday, my daughter, she's in kindergarten and she had made this new friend. And the friend, I saw her line up to go in and the friend said, don't stand by me (laughs) to my daughter. And my daughter just got this look on her face first of shock and then just like feeling so you could, I could just see her heart Mm -hmm. drop because she was so excited Mm -hmm. about this new little friend. And it's just so stuff that happens in kindergarten. And I get that there's like a big reshuffling and. All the things, but I think what you're talking about is really real, where I felt that in my heart, and then i went went home and I just it's like what do you do with that feeling then and you know whether it's like go for a walk yourself and engage in that kind of self care and reground yourself so you can be there when she gets gets home or give her extra hugs and kisses (laughs) just always be by her side like a witness and realize she's going to have these ups and downs in her life these really hard moments and I just want to be right there and make sure she knows I'm there for her
0: oh I love that that grounding I love that picture it makes me want to get a big picture of like a tree or something with like all those roots and just picture myself being that for my kids Which can be hard because sometimes you need someone to be that for you. Right. (laughs) And sometimes it's hard. Like right in this moment,
1: I'm feeling pretty fried from the lack of sleep. We've had to wake up my son, you know, for pain medicine a couple times a night for the last few weeks. And it's like when you're tired, it's just like a kid. Everything is just harder. And, you know, you have such a shorter fuse and less patience for everything you it's less ability to tap into mindfulness and things like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's just it too. When I was like thinking about this topic and I love how you say like this is not toxic positivity. This is like simple you know like leaning into what it means to be joyful but not like this like fake facade, you know, like cuz there are going to be days that aren't joyful and they're going to be like, I hate the word seasons. I feel like we overuse it, but I don't know what else to say, but Mm -hmm. like seasons of hard that don't necessarily feel joyful. But if we can like have these values and intentions, that can be what grounds us. Um, Do you have anything that you do? I mean, I know you're not doing this perfectly either we're both humans but like do you have anything you do on these like hard days or hard seasons that you might suggest to us when we're like ah oh, today wasn't it right I mean I think that the
1: weekly date night with my husband—we have spent way too much money on babysitters. But
0: do you do it, it- weekly? You do weekly date yeah. nights. Wow. <laughs> yeah,
1: we spend like we always kind of said to each other, "Well, we'd rather spend the money now <laughs> than like you know if we ever got a divorce or something." Like, yes. <laughs> headed- Way, but we always were like, let's just invest in it. We know it's a crap load of money. And it's so expensive. After, and sometimes we're so tired, we can barely keep our eyes open. But it's like that intention. You know, even during COVID, we would go out and we would sit outside at this restaurant. Even when it was like 30 degrees out. And, like and those your jackets. On, you know, those hooded things with that Costco cells. yeah Yeah. <laughs> and we were like here we are we you know we're doing our date night because we got to stay connected wow I am Um,
0: impressed once a week wow
1: but then it's I mean for me it's walking it's and it would sometimes it's running if (laughs) if you know I don't have like a I tore my ACL so now it's walking oh that stinks um, but it's things like I I think nature is huge for me and just giving myself time to feel my feelings and like just process things and usually it's just outside somewhere when I'm exercising
0: (laughs) that gosh that babysitter thing man I mean it is like astronomical how expensive it gets but I I salute you for doing that because I think that like part of it for me is like oh the hassle of it the like the expense the dealing with like is my house going to be clean when I get home will my kids have had good behavior is that going to be stressful like all the things and so a lot of times I just like don't even do it but I I think you're really smart to do it
1: I know it's hard to do it I mean I felt like <laughs> I felt that a lot too but I do feel like it helped connect us and Sometimes even like little things ground me. Like after, you know, li- like a, like music is huge for yeah. me. Just playing certain songs and just letting myself sort of like get the, get feelings out and reconnect to something more positive. Um, Sometimes yeah. podcasts, like listening to you know positivity on on a drive somewhere or stuff like that.
0: Yeah, that's so good. Okay, so um, you've written your book. Do you have another book on the horizon? Like what what uh, professional or personal goals do you have?
1: Um, right now I'm starting mo- some moms groups. So really, it's I'm really committed to bringing people together. I feel like a lot of people are fe- still feeling, I don't know if it's COVID or just the generation mm-hmm. or but uh, people are parenting in isolation and it's really my passion Mm -hmm. to bring people together, especially new moms who are just, you know, some of them just don't have a lot of support and they want the tribe. They want the village. And so I'm doing a virtual moms group. And then also one in Boulder, um, starting in the fall, but yeah, my next book's about, um, kids behavior and really realizing the you know, the whys behind behavior, that they're not being naughty, that it's usually some kind of regulation, you know, like they're wanting t- attention or they're um, having something developmental going on, that there's usually a positive intent behind behavior.
0: Man, when does that come out? <laughs> not <laughs> I need that. You're still working on that one. <laughs> I know. I, I know. It's like if you get a book situation going on it's like okay and that'll be out in five years (laughs) 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 that's awesome do you have a trip or a place you have visited with your kids or family that you would recommend um we
1: go to lake in northern wisconsin in manitowish waters and it's a cabin with like no TV, no Wi-Fi. There's just, we're just at the beach and canoeing, kayaking and sailing and water skiing. So we go there every summer. So that's that's one of our main trips.
0: Did you say Wisconsin?
1: Yeah, northern Wisconsin. So it's just okay. like the water is really fresh and pure and the air is so clean. It's just, it's like a break from technology, especially.
0: Oh, yes. We need that. Um, do you have a book you recommend that you've recently read?
1: Um, I really like the, uh, the Authenticity Project. Have you read that? Okay. uh It's like about all these strangers at different points in their lives and how like if they're vulnerable and open and really authentic, showing up as themselves that they like, they end up like becoming friends and really supporting each other and getting these great connections because they're authentic instead of like the small talk yes that you know <laughs> yeah
0: so it was uh, it was a
1: pretty cool book it's really fun
0: the small talk thing is so hard because it's like you got to get through the small talk to get to the big stuff and that's what like when you go to like neighborhood functions or parties it's like my husband is just like I don't want anything to do with that small talk like I you know what I mean yeah but I'm like you it's almost like you can't just jump in deep you know you have to get through it first so it is it is challenging
1: yeah, it's like the stepping stone to getting mm-hmm. real relationships.
0: Yeah. Um, is that book like, does it, is it like a story? Like, does it follow these people and they like?
1: Yeah, it's a story. It's okay. like, oh, it's like all their lives weave together.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, do you have a kid's book you recommend?
1: We love The Rattletrap Car. <laughs> have you ever read it?
0: And no, so I've never heard of it.
1: All my kids, like, memorized it because <laughs> it, it's very, like, uh, rhythmic or lyrical, I guess. I don't know.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Awesome.
1: But also really funny. Like, it's just a fun one to laugh to.
0: And do you have a last message to leave with the audience today?
1: I think it's just about the small things often. Just mm-hmm. creating, the, like, those micro connections with kids or a partner or even – you know, friendships or just that those little moments of connection, whether it's a phone call, a text, a hug, like a a question you ask them, you know, something you do together every night, that that's just very grounding through especially the ups and downs and kind of crises of life. But it also creates just a strength, you know, in relationship that can weather things.
0: Small things often. Thank you so much,
1: Aaron. Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: All right, everybody. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Dr. Aaron, for coming on the podcast. You can learn more about the work that Aaron does at Aaron dot com. Um, you can learn more about this podcast and all of the shows in our network at sandyboyproductions.com. Find me on Instagram. I'd love to connect with you there. Lindsay Hine 626. It's L-A-N-D-S-E-Y. I'm also on threads and Twitter at Lindsay Hine. Thanks so much for being here. And we will see you next week on Why Is Everyone Feeling?